1: everyone, welcome to another edition of my podcast called Risk Intelligence and Today, I am here live from Jersey Girl Brewery in the uh, bud lake Mount Olive uh section of uh, New Jersey, and I'm here with the owner, Chuck. And um, Chuck and I met uh, probably about four years ago. He was one of the first three breweries to open up in northern New Jersey. And uh, out of the three, they kind of opened up all within the same year, but out of the three, Chuck was number two. And uh, he actually April he actually opened in April of 2016, and since then um, we have been coming here. And a little fun story, a little fun fact is that I live like 2.1 miles from Chuck, so this brewery, which is great, because on a Sunday afternoon I could just like take a walk, have a beer, and then just walk home. And uh, they opened on a Friday, and I, I remember that very explicitly. And I want to say it was either like 22nd or the 21st. It was definitely the third week in April because it was a Friday and my husband was the very first poor here at Jersey Girl. So, um, and ever since then, uh, we, we've we been coming here and we probably come once uh, once a month and we enjoy it a lot. So the reason why I'm here with Chuck is because Um, I noticed on Facebook and Instagram that he is a very good uh, marketer. He markets his um, business very well, and he's always forward-thinking. He's always thinking ahead. And with everything that happened with the pandemic, he's definitely pivoted many times, and he's, again, always staying ahead of the curve. So, Chuck, thank you so much for uh, having, you know, the time to do this with me today.
0: I love it. It's great to have you thanks for thanks for coming over
1: sure so uh, here you are uh, in 2015 you got this idea to open up the brewery what prompted that idea
0: so um, my business partner Mike and I had been friends for a long time before we even started opening a craft beer we'd go on vacation together we'd go places together out to dinner and we'd always have craft beer and it kind of became a passion of ours of tasting new beers and, and trying new beers. And, and we always joked around with the idea of, wow, what if we open up our own brewery? What if we, you know, started something in New Jersey? Um, unfortunately we could never make the math work. It was one of these things that the numbers just didn't add up. It was a, it's, you know, beer is a great product, but it's not a profitable product. So you have to sell it in volume and you just could never get to that point where you could, where you could make something financially work, especially at our size. Mm-hmm. Um, Tom Kane Jr., back in 2012, pushed legislation forward that allowed breweries to open up sample rooms. So now you had this opportunity to sell directly to consumers. Um, and when that legislation came through, Mike and I started talking about the brewery idea again. I was kind of at the end of my corporate run, I was a little tired of it. I was at the point where it was either I'm going to finish my career in the corporate world or I'm going to jump off and do my own thing. I decided to jump off and do my own thing, and I dragged Mike into it with me. I I reached out to him and I said, hey, it was October 2014, and I said, "Uh, Mike, would you be interested in really pursuing this thing with me as a partner? And uh, he said, yeah, you ready to give up the corporate life? And I said, I sure am. So we, uh, we started this little brewery back in 2014 as an idea, incorporated November 2014, took us almost a year and a half. To actually get everything in place to open up, find a location, order equipment, get it custom manufactured, get it delivered, installed, um, and it's been a great kind of four and a half years since we opened. We actually opened the exact day we opened up was April fifteenth, which was tax okay. day okay. of twenty sixteen. Okay. Okay. That's how I remember that day fondly in my okay. mind because we uh, we gave everybody the opportunity to pay their tax bill and then come and drink. <laughs> with us so it was a great turnout that opening weekend was Mm -hmm. was remarkable and uh, we've just kind of been chugging at it now it's been great the business is nothing like it was when we started which is exciting Uh, we're on a five-year plan getting ready to start our next five-year plan and develop that Uh, but we're on target we've been expanding we've added tanks we've added canning Uh, so it's been a good business advance and growth period COVID's a bit of a different animal in and of itself. So we're just dealing with that one as it comes.
1: Well, I have a question for you. So when sure. you sat down, okay, and you came up with the business plan? Yep. All right, so you got your idea. Now you got to put it to paper to have the business plan. If you pull out that document today, how different is it from what is actually going on right now?
0: Um, yeah, we probably, I think, we would have had a canning line about six or eight months earlier. I think we would have, we, we missed that window and bringing in a canning line. Um, and I think the growth expectation in New Jersey was the the plan was built in a model that had a lot fewer breweries, a lot less competition. So, so I think there, there are two aspects of, of we've, we've kind of gotten to our plan, but we're at a different different pacing for it. But at the end of five years, we should be where we thought we would be, which is great, which is great. I think some of the, you know, a lot of the things you learn opening a business, at least, you know, Mike and I learned it, in the brewing world, it's going to take you three times as much money and twice as long, or twice as much money and three times as long. It's like the old 80-20 rule. It's like, it, it doesn't matter how you do it, but every brewer you talk to, you're you're either delayed or you're spending more money, okay. and those are things you don't know until you really get into it. Mm-hmm. Then you start opening the business and you start dealing with all the local governments and the variances and the real estate costs and taxes and da, da, da. you start adding all these things on that you don't know about, mm-hmm. uh, and so you can't really put those in a plan. So you don't know until you know, right? And once you know, you can't really avoid it. Now you're now you're into it.
1: Well, what I do notice is that when I come here, um, you have this map that is uh, on the hallway where you have to go to the restroom, and I always look at it, and it's a map that kind of shows, all right, where are you distributing to, and it's like... uh, one of those maps that you kind of see when you're on the airplane like all where the where that airline flies to with like all those lines on it yeah. Well, when you look at that map it's just like expanding and expanding so i'm sure your distribution has increased as well
0: it has we have we're lucky in that uh so here's a fun story so i thought it would be ambitious of us when we opened up the brewery that that we would distribute ourselves so i would bring the beer i'd go to the restaurant build a relationship and then I would bring the beer out and deliver it and I'd go pick up kegs and write invoices. And uh, that lasted for exactly three months. And I remember calling Mike and saying, we are not a distribution company, we're a brewery. So let's partner with people who are distributors and let them do their job, we'll do our job, and everybody's happy. And we did, we picked up our first distributor a few months after opening uh we picked up our second brewer, our second distributor about six months later and then we closed out a few months after that with our third distributor having the whole state covered so we have distribution all across new jersey right now which is great
1: and that's the that's like one of the elements of growing growing and learning you tried it did it work you pivot okay let's get our own distributor i think going. you're always
0: doing that if you're not doing that as a business owner then you're you're doomed to failure because you're doomed to repeat yourself over and over again right. and you're not challenging yourself mm-hmm. i i sat here all day today and i'll be honest with you it's been a it's been a stressful day and a good day good kind of stress right okay because it's with covid we've, we've kind of been locked into a bit of a holding pattern we've have our beer garden we have elements of our business that are still operational but now we're starting to look at opportunities for off-site beer events We haven't even thought for months of doing those. They've been shut down. Mm -hmm. But now as the governor's opening up these opportunities for outdoor events up to 500 people, there are different groups that are starting to put these programs together, reaching out to the brewery and saying, hey, we'd love to do this with Jersey Girl. Can you do it? So we have to go through some licensing. We have to get some approvals. We have to get staffing. Right. Make sure we have enough beer. So it's creating this interesting growth stress. Mm Mm-hmm that I was not expecting to go through right now. I, I don't know when COVID's gonna end or when this world we live in is gonna go back to normal, if it's ever gonna go back to normal, who knows what new normal is gonna be. Um, but it's nice to see things like this on the horizon because um, it just shows that there's the potential for us doing more than what we're doing today. And right. I love that. So mm-hmm. it creates the right kind of stress in my mind, in my body to say, wow, I'm a leader. I've got to get the team in line. I've got to get focused. I've got to communicate. I've got to get back down to the basics of we got to market this. we got to sell it. we got to work it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I love that energy. It's kind of fun. It's really, it propels us as a business.
1: Well, again, you just said if you're doing the same thing over and over again, you're doomed for failure. So here you are taking on another challenge and then going to learn about it. I'm sure along that way you're going to learn more things. And then I'm sure you'll... Branch off and come up with another idea as a spinoff of that. So
0: I know you know it, it's hard when you see businesses you know with the whole COVID thing throw their arms up. Ah, we can't do anything. We can't do this. We can't do that. And I think I think that's where I mean the first day when and I posted interestingly enough last night I posted a picture of the sample room. I had taken it for marketing. It was a picture of our sample room, and I was getting ready to promote St. Patty's Day, mm. and I took a picture of the us decorating and getting things set up and on the 16th of March the governor said all indoor facilities are now closed because of COVID and um, that picture for some reason I was going through and it, it came back up and it was exactly the morning of and I remember I was getting ready to start this big marketing campaign I was getting ready to start all this drive for the week of here here we go we're going into St. Patty's Day we have all these great beers and it was all shut down overnight within 24 hours you talk about pivoting of that announcement, we had to reinvent the business. We Mm -hmm. had to do all, we had to open a whole online store. Yeah. We had to start doing curbside pickup. We had to start doing delivery. We started, we had to change our mindset or we would have just sat back and said, okay, that's it. We're at the mercy of, and I hate that. Mm -hmm. You never, I don't think there's anything in life where you want to sit back and go, I am waiting for somebody to tell me what to do. Right. Especially as a business leader. Right. Like, you, you've got to, our responsibility is to our employees, to my partner, to make sure to the consumers that we have a great product that we employ people and we're able to bring them in and, and let them have their jobs, that that our customers are always smiling, that our distributor partners are happy. We have a, a wider net of responsibility than right. just, oh, well, COVID's here. Let's shut down. Right. Right. I, I just think that's the easy way out.
1: The um, Well, you you are a, a Devils fan. I, I do, did learn that about you, yeah, right? Yeah, Big yeah. time Devils fan. And with that, you take your passion with the brewery and you take a beer and you, uh, was it Running with the Devils? Running with the Devils, is? yeah. Is that what it is? And yeah. then here we are in, uh, in COVID and you create a beer, Hunker Down Brown. Is that where that came from? Hunker Down, down, from? down Hunker
0: Brown. And then we came out with Simmer Down now. We we're trying to make it fun for people. You know, right. the run-in with the Devils. We're we're big at the Prudential Center uh, in terms of our beer. We have a couple of beers there. Uh, they've always wanted to partner with us and do something kind of specific to the to the Prudential Center. Unfortunately, the hockey season was canceled. Right. And the Devils are having a rough year. Let's just we'll call it what it is. They just came into it, a lot of high hopes, a lot of expectations. Uh, got challenged this new hockey season that's going on now. This truncated thing um I'm waiting till next year you know next year is going to be we'll get back to some normalcy I hope with hockey um and we'll see our devils do well but they you know we we built running with the devils as a way of kind of honoring that team that we love to support that supports us you Mm -hmm. know and hunker down brown was just you know we had a brown lager and we needed a name for it and our head brewer said you know we should call it hunker down brown because that's what everybody's doing now they're hunkering hunker down, down that's great so it's our hunker down brown and then simmer down now we we kind of named that because everybody's getting excited right and there was an old uh, there's a tv show one of the comedians you know she says simmer down now simmer down now and uh <laughs> that that became the name of the beer and kind of stuck all right well, we've had some fun with it you know very good
1: Well, um, again, uh, I always, uh, you know, I am following you on all your social media, and uh, I see how you do those pivots and what have you with everything that's going on. So I thank you for this opportunity to do a podcast with me. I really do.
0: I'm glad you had me. This has been great.
1: Yeah, let's uh, cheers.
0: Let's do that. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the podcast, Risk Intelligence. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel and connect on LinkedIn by doing a search on Karen Ball.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome to another edition of my podcast called Risk Intelligence. Today, I wanted to talk about vacancies. And what I mean by that is that you may have a home home that you're trying to sell and you no longer live there or it's no longer occupied. You might have a rental property that is no longer occupied or you may even have a commercial building that is no longer occupied. When you look at your policies that are insuring those structures, there is a vacancy clause in the policy And that vacancy clause will go along the lines of... If there is a loss... And the insurance carrier... Deems that the property has been vacant... For a certain period of days... Sometimes that's 45 days... Sometimes that's 60 days... And if they're able to see that it's vacant you will have no coverage for that loss. And you might say to yourself, well, how is the insurance company going to find that out? Some of the information that they'll ask for is your bills. They'll look at to see your electric bill or your water bill. And then they'll look to compare it to a year ago. And if they're able to see a drop-off in the usage, that's where the further questions are going to come about. then you might say to yourself, well, I'm just going to have somebody go there once a week and check it out. That's not going to do any good because the fine print of the policy says that that structure needs to be occupied. And that means somebody going there every day and either sleeping there or working there what have you just because you go there and you leave doesn't mean that it's occupied so with times like this with the pandemic and people not being able to afford rent or their mortgage It's wise to look at your policy to see if you do have that vacancy clause and what it is before you uproot and just leave the premises. If you'd like to talk about this further with me, feel free to give me a call at 973-224-0395. Thanks for listening, everybody. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. I am actually doing this podcast for Agency Nation. And to all you listeners out there uh, who are young in the insurance industry and trying to run your agency and your book of business while trying to do some social media, this podcast is going to tell you my experience and my thoughts about this subject matter. The first thing I'll tell you is that marketing, by far, to me, is one of the hardest industries out there. I mean, think about it. You're trying to please your audience with all different types of personalities while the end result is constantly changing. I mean, it's just like you're going around and around um, and nothing is ever static. So my philosophy was when I started my social media and my digital marketing, if you will, I thought about building a house. And what you want to do is think about your foundation. Build your foundation first. And then once you build the foundation and have that solid, such as the cinder blocks, then you could start putting up the two by fours. And two by fours meaning the other avenues of social media. So you might say to yourself, all right, what do you think the foundation is me, in our industry, um, I think LinkedIn is number one. Once you get that all set up and you know that it's, it's, it's working, uh, you're getting recognition, you're getting connections. You want to. Build your foundation on LinkedIn and try to get as many connections as possible. Um, And then that, that basically is you're building your audience because if you only have 100 followers, what good is it to publish a post if you're only going to have like a 100 people seeing it. So you want to build your foundation back to the ground rule, building your foundation, get as many um, connections as possible. And I would say um, about the 1000 to 1500 is a good starting point. And then once your base is set up, you then can start doing some digital marketing and we all know that we can bombard it with emails as far as what markets are doing what and uh the different types of coverages um putting a device in your car so you can monitor the, the driving we have so much marketing information at our tips that it's very easy for us to post this information to our audience on linkedin so in essence what you're doing is you're building your followers on LinkedIn and then once you have your base of a good following on LinkedIn, then you can start promoting your knowledge, uh, different coverages, different articles and such and you want to get it going for LinkedIn first. Once you get the base going for LinkedIn, then you can start branching off to the others such as YouTube. Instagram. Um, you know, maybe some Facebook, but LinkedIn is the number one for our business. And uh I'm going to branch off a little bit, but when you're doing LinkedIn, you're basically getting two for one because if you're going to do a video Uh, to talk about a particular coverage, why not create a YouTube channel and take that video and put it on the YouTube channel? And then this way you're building two pieces of digital marketing at the same time. So those are my thoughts on... Starting uh, to get in the digital mar- sp- marketplace or digital marketing marketplace within for your agency. Start out with LinkedIn and build your foundation, and then from there everything will kind of fall into place. Uh, I hope this information was helpful. Be be um uh, open to uh, for you to check out my podcast called Risk Intelligence. Uh, follow me on LinkedIn and uh, do a search for me on YouTube and you'll be able to see uh, what I've done and be more than happy to talk to any one of you. Uh, My number is 973-224-0395. That's my personal cell number and I'm here to help anybody. Thanks for listening. Hi everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Today's podcast is going to be about how you as an agency principal or partner uh, wants to get involved in digital marketing and social media for your agency. And you, you hear it out there that it is what you need to be doing in order to get more visibility. But you also may say to yourself, how the heck can I do that when I have employees to manage, I have a book of business to uh, keep up, I have new business that I need to acquire, uh, you have to meet with all of the insurance carrier marketing reps and this is just a, a, a cycle that running an agency goes through and how are you going to put in digital marketing and social media marketing within that circle so, what I'm going to do is explain what I have done that has been a three year journey. Uh, and what I did was I, I had a vision and instead of doing everything at once, I created what's called a, a foundation. And once you have a foundation, you can Build upon it. So I'm going to go back three years and uh, share with you my story on how I, I did this. And it is still happening as, as I speak uh, today in, re- in regards to building your agency to have a social media and digital marketing presence. So my, my ride to the office is about 45 minutes one way. And for that time, there there's a lot of thinking that goes on. And about three years ago, uh, a thought popped into my head as to how... Great would it be to take an insurance topic and make it so simple so everybody can understand? And l- let me explain that a little bit further. How many times have you been with a client and you explain the coverages and your client is giving you that that stare and just nodding, yep, yep, all right, where do I sign, how do I pay, Etc. And you know, and you and I both know, that when they get into their car and they confirm that they have coverage, they have no idea with what you said. I mean, I'm going to say 60% of it, they forgot. So, and it's important for us to be able to portray and explain what it is uh, that they just purchased from us. So, an example is think about explaining underinsured motorist coverage to a client. You're sitting at the table and you're explaining it to them, and they understand, but two days from now, if A relative or a friend asked them about that coverage. There's a really good chance that they're, that they're not going to be able to remember the definition or what it is that you said. So when I thought about that, I said, there's got to be an easier way to dummy it down for, for our conversation here. No disrespect, but just to try to make it really simple. So. At the time, I was already on LinkedIn, and I noticed that there were a lot of videos being posted. So I said to myself, why don't I take this top terminology and these insurance coverages and dummy it down by creating a minute or less video? And I called that the Monday Momentum. And every Monday, I would post a video, and it would be a minute or less. And I would explain something, vacancy coverages, uh, what personal liability is, what loss of rent is, is all these different uh coverages that we know our clients really do not have a full understanding and once I created these videos I would post them on LinkedIn and I started um getting some more interest and more questions and more likes and my views started to go up and I was like all right you know this is going in the right direction and then I found out that you could take these videos and you can put them on YouTube. So I said, I mean, I realized this like 60 videos in and I said, you know, why don't I create a YouTube channel and just take all my videos and put them up on a YouTube. And then now I'm creating two things at once. I'm creating a LinkedIn uh base, if you will, and then I'm also creating a YouTube channel um, at the same time. So this is going really well. Um, I'm about uh, four to five months into it. And I met a gentleman who was uh, like a LinkedIn expert, if you will. And I started to talk to him and he said, well, why don't you have a podcast? And I was like, a podcast? And he's like, yeah, it's really easy. This is what you do. And I I couldn't believe how easy it was. Um so I said, "All right." And that was in March. And by May, I set myself a time table of May 1st to have my launch my podcast. Now, my podcast, the way I was thinking about it was since my video was like a minute or less, I wanted to make my podcast more than a minute. This way, I can really get into the definition and dummy down an insurance coverage more. And not only did I do that, but I also took it as an opportunity to bring marketing reps onto my podcast or clients onto my podcast or even other business associates, and just talk about uh, insurance, how it applies to everyone, and then it was very well-rounded. So now, here I am, and I'm two years into it, and now I have a YouTube channel, I have a LinkedIn presence, And then I now have a podcast and the podcast I would post every Wednesday. So every Wednesday there would be a different episode. And I did it that way because if Monday was the day that I was going to do my video, I figured that Wednesday I would utilize to do my podcast. And then I, I did some research and I wanted, I knew I wanted to post one, once a day. So now I had to find something for Tuesday. Thursday and Friday and sometimes it was just a simple you know motivational sometimes it was insurance or sometimes I would just share somebody else's post that I felt very beneficial to my audience so here I am it took me a little over two years to be able to post every day with content that really made sense and it that, that's what you want. You just don't want to post, you know, just a post. You want it to have some thought uh, to create some engagement and, and some interest and interest to a point where people want to connect with you so that brings me to where we are now and I've um, w- what I've done is now that I have these engines going I got my YouTube engine going I have my LinkedIn engine going I have my podcast going and I said what is the next thing to do and I said all right now that I have everything kind of going now now I'm going to start doing some more reach outs to build my my presence uh, or my my um, connections, so to speak, uh, and because. As long as I have the engines going, you want to be able to get that information out to your audience, and your audience, you want it to be large because it's just going to grow from there. So now I'm at the stage where I'm connecting and uh, making really good choices with who I connect with, and um just trying to be a part of other associations of like-minded um, uh, businesses, so then you just kind of engage, and now you're creating your what I call your network, your your audience. So then, when when that's at at a certain number, all the information that you post is really going to ripple uh, very positively. ...throughout LinkedIn, which is, which is where you want to be. Hi everyone, thanks for tuning in. Today's podcast is going to be about how you as an agency principal or partner... Uh, ...wants to get involved in digital marketing and social media for your agency... And you you hear it out there that it is what you need to be doing in order to get more visibility. But you also may say to yourself, how the heck can I do that when I have employees to manage, I have a book of business to uh, keep up, I have new business that I need to acquire, Uh, You have to meet with all of the insurance carrier marketing reps, and this is just a, a, a cycle that running an agency goes through. And how are you going to put in digital marketing and social media marketing within that circle? So, what I'm going to do is explain what I have done that has been a three year journey. Uh, and what I did was I, I had a vision and instead of doing everything at once, I created what's called a, a foundation. And once you have a foundation, you can Build upon it. So I'm going to go back three years and uh, share with you my story on how I, I did this and it is still happening as, as I speak uh, today in, re- in regards to building your agency to have a social media and digital marketing presence. So my my ride to the office is about 45 minutes one way. And for that time, there's a lot of thinking that goes on. And about three years ago, uh, a thought popped into my head as to how... Great would it be to take an insurance topic and make it so simple so everybody can understand? And l- let me explain that a little bit further. How many times have you been with a client and you explain the coverages and your client is giving you that that stare and just nodding, yep, yep, all right, where do I sign, how do I pay, Etc. And you know, and you and I both know, that when they get into their car and they confirm that they have coverage, they have no idea with what you said. I mean, I'm going to say 60% of it, they forgot. So, and it's important for us to be able to portray and explain what it is uh, that they just purchased from us. So, an example is, think about explaining underinsured motorist coverage to a client. You're sitting at the table and you're explaining it to them. And they understand, but two days from now... If a relative or a friend asks them about that coverage, there's a really good chance that they're that they're not going to be able to remember the definition or what it is that you said. So when I thought about that, I said, there's got to be an easier way to dummy it down for for our conversation here. No disrespect, but just to try to make it really simple. So at the time, I was already on LinkedIn, and I noticed that there were a lot of videos being posted. So I said to myself, why don't I take this top terminology and these insurance coverages and dummy it down by creating a minute or less video? And I called that the Monday Momentum. And every Monday, I would post a video, and it would be a minute or less. And I would explain something, vacancy coverages, uh, what personal liability is, what loss of rent is, is, all these different uh, coverages that we know our clients really do not have a full understanding. And once I created these videos, I would post them on LinkedIn, and I started um, getting some more interest, and more questions, and more likes, and my views started to go up. And I was like, all right, you know, this is going in the right direction, And then I found out that you could take these videos and you can put them on YouTube. So I said, I mean, I realized this like 60 videos in and I said, you know, why don't I create a YouTube channel and just take all my videos and put them up on a YouTube and then now I'm creating two things at once. I'm creating a LinkedIn uh base, if you will, and then I'm also creating a YouTube channel um, at the same time. So this is going really well. Um, I'm about uh, four to five months into it. And I met a gentleman who was uh, like a LinkedIn expert, if you will. And I started to talk to him and he said, well, why don't you have a podcast? And I was like, a podcast? And he's like, yeah, it's really easy. This is what you do. And I, I couldn't believe how easy it was. Um so I said, All right. And that was in March. And by May I set myself a time table of May 1st to have my launch my podcast. Now my podcast, the way I was thinking about it was since my video was like a minute or less, I wanted to make my podcast more than a minute. This way I can really get into the definition and dummy down an insurance coverage more. And not only did I do that, but I also took it as an opportunity to bring marketing reps onto my podcast, or clients onto my podcast, or even other business associates, and just talk about uh, insurance, how it applies to everyone, and then it was very well-rounded. So now, here I am. And I'm two years into it, and now I have a YouTube channel, I have a LinkedIn presence, and then I now have a podcast. And the podcast, I would post every Wednesday. So every Wednesday, there would be a different episode. And I did it that way because if Monday was the day that I was going to do my video, I figured that Wednesday I would utilize to do my podcast. And then I I did some research and I wanted I knew I wanted to post one once a day. So now I had to find something for Tuesday. Thursday and Friday, and sometimes it was just a simple, you know, motivational, sometimes it was insurance, or sometimes I would just share somebody else's post that I felt very beneficial to my audience. So here I am. It took me a little over two years to be able to post every day with content that really made sense. And that, that's what you want. You just don't want to post, you know, just a post. You want it to have some thought uh, to create some engagement and and some interest and interest to a point where people want to connect with you so that brings me to where we are now and I've um, w- what I've done is now that I have these engines going I got my YouTube engine going I have my LinkedIn engine going I have my podcast going and I said what is the next thing to do and I said all right now that I have everything kind of going now now I'm going to start doing some more reach outs to build my my presence uh, or my my um, connections, so to speak, uh, and because. As long as I have the engines going, you want to be able to get that information out to your audience and your audience, you want it to be large because it's just going to grow from there. So now I'm at the stage where I'm connecting and uh, making really good choices with who I connect with and, um... Just trying to be a part of other associations of like minded um, uh, businesses, so then you just kind of engage and now you're creating your what I call your network your your audience so then when when that's at at a certain number, all the information that you post is really going to ripple uh very positively throughout LinkedIn which is which is where you want to be. By this time doing everything that I had just said, creating the videos which will go to the YouTube channel and also be posted on LinkedIn at the same time you're creating a podcast that is going to explain the Monday Momentum uh tidbits further uh, while having guests guest on, whether it's business associates, marketing reps, like I had said. Now that that is going and your, your audience is, is built up, now you have to say to yourself, okay what is the next layer of of doing this? Is there any more uh, social media platforms that I want to touch base with without a lot of work? And the answer is uh, that there is a way. And basically, you're going to be doing almost two things at once. There is an app that you can get, and it's called Hoot Suite. And Hootsuite is uh, an app that is a social media m- marketing platform, and what you do is you create your post that you want to do on certain social media platforms, and you can schedule it. And, for example, if I want my video to post on Mondays at uh, one Monday at 10 o'clock in the morning, the next Monday at uh, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, I can create my HootSuite hoot uh mid- uh, what's the word I want to use? A uh, platform, if you will, uh, scheduling it, uh, it. It's on deck, if you will. And basically, you, you're scheduling it to say, all right, shoot out this video on on these days. And now you don't have to worry about it when it's Monday and you're in meetings all day and you're saying to yourself, oh, goodness, I still have to post my Monday Momentum. So that's that's one thing that's really good with Hootsuite, but what's better is now you can add another social media platform such as Twitter. And now what you're doing is this video that you made for a Monday momentum is not only going on LinkedIn, it's going on Twitter and then also you're you're adding to your YouTube channel uh, library, if you will. And so now you have three social media platforms. And if you if if I had told you that in, in three years you're going to have three social media marketing platforms being um, advertised on or getting some publicity on, and then you also have a, a podcast all within three years, you, you wouldn't believe me, but it does work. And it's not a lot of time. I will tell you that, not a lot of time. Now, back to Hootsuite. Um. So what you're doing at this point is now you're finding material to schedule every day via HootSuite. And I will tell you that if you know the material that you're going to post from start to finish, setting up HootSuite to post seven days a week from start to finish, maybe 45 minutes. So think about that. It's a Sunday afternoon. You're, you know, you're just hanging out, what have you. You got an hour to kill. You know that you're getting insurance journals, magazines from like every month. Uh, you're also getting material from your insurance carriers. You're, you probably had a unique situation that you had to explain to your client three days before. There is so much material that we as agents and brokers can share with our our audience it is just mind-boggling mind-boggling whether you read an article and you interpret it your way or you read an article and you do a little quick little video or maybe even do it via you talk about it via a podcast and when you get this hoot suite you're going to have so much material at your fingertips that 45 minutes is going to go really fast And there you are, 45 minutes, and you are set to post seven days in a row, once a day. And you don't even have to worry about it. You don't have to pay for an employee to be your social media guru. You don't have to pay an outside marketing company to be your social media digital marketing guru. These are the things that I've learned over my three-year journey on on how to slowly build your digital marketing and your social media presence for your agency. And you you have to do it methodically. You, you can't go in and say, all right, I'm going to post and I want it to be out there everywhere all at once and two weeks we're going to start because this is what's going to happen. Failure to plan is planning to fail, all right? Well, you can't do that much all at once, especially when you don't know what you're doing. You got to learn along the way. And think of it this way. This is how I look at it. There are people who read, and they all like their their own author, okay? Their style of book, their author. When you're out there on LinkedIn, when you're scrolling through, you're going to see posts from people and you're going to say, I don't like their style. Or you're going to look at other posts and you're going to say, I like that style. And you're going to kind of gravitate towards that. I use that example because when you're finding people that you want to um, mimic or take their style on LinkedIn, it's almost as if you go into the bookstore saying, um, sh- show me where all the John Grissom books are because I like his style. It's the same thing. So with that, um, you know, I, I think out of everything that I have discussed just now, the, the, the item that took the longest uh, amount of time, believe it or not, was on the front end, just strategizing. Strategizing how this was all going to work out and to a point where I was going to do it in a certain way, a certain order, without feeling overwhelmed, um not taking a a ton of my time and having fun with it. I mean, I will tell you um I have a blast and just uh just trying to be creative and thinking of how to explain the insurance industry and insurance coverages to um, our audience, uh, all of our audiences, that, that's a hard thing to do. And to, to twist it and make it easy for everybody to understand, um, verbally is one thing, but now you're going to be able to do it, uh, digitally, um, on social media and what have you. And I have fun with it because I, I like, let's say if I'm going to talk about vacancies, I'll find a vacant home and I'll stand in front of it and I'll do the video and say, you see this house here? It is vacant. Well, it is very important. And Then I'll go into the vacancy coverages. So I have a lot, a lot of fun. And listen, we all have our phones on us. It is so easy just to take a picture or a quick little video. I mean, I'll, I'll share with you, uh, I was on vacation last week, and I was actually in South Carolina, and there was a house being built, and you saw the foundation. So I was on a bike ride, so what I did was I pulled over, and I took a video of that house being built with the foundation, and then they had the wood that was piled up because the wood just got delivered. I mean, what a great video for Builders Risk. All right. And inland marine coverage. I mean, what a great video to use while trying to explain that. So those are the things. I mean, it's a lot of fun, but you really got to plan and, and strategize um, um, up front and then everything else will fall into place. So um, I, I hope this was helpful for all of you. And uh, feel free to um, click on the link in the bio. And uh, I'm, again, thank you for listening.